My beautiful friends, it's Isabella Lombicure, the world messenger, and I am beyond excited to introduce you to today's guest on the Legacy Leadership. This guest has been doing some incredible things for decades, amazing all-star player in so many aspects of speaking, communicating, being on the stage, behind the stage, and lending his voice even for amazing, amazing um, cartoons, films, you name it. Someone who had opportunity not only once, but twice to be recognized on Billboard as a national radio personality of the year. I mean, you can't get anywhere further than that, guys. And on top of it, continues to support and make an impact and difference around the world. In addition, also to be recognized by Inc. Magazine. Guess for what, guys? As a social responsible entrepreneur. I can't wait to depict on that one. And also opportunity to really share his marketing strategy around philanthropy and the Lifetime Achievements Awards. I love this guy and I know you guys will love it. And without further ado, let me introduce you to Sunny Melendez. Thank you Sunny. so much, Isabella. Feeling is mutual. You know, you, you, uh, you introduced me with a very childlike uh, personality. That says a lot about you. I, I see that in so many people who are creative, but also who are um, successful in a very big ways. So I commend you on that. Thank you so much. I've truly, I always, as I say, I always look at the world through eyes of six-year-old full of curiosity and wonder. And right. to me, this is like one of the world's wonders and we have it right now with us in the studio. So I'm really, really grateful you're here with us today. Same here. And then also really to depict because so many people love your work, but they don't know the man behind it, someone who actually invented the podcast. And let's, <laughs> and let's really go back. How did you become, first of all, so entrenched in audio and visual elements of broadcasting, speaking, television with phenomenal, powerful message? Wow. Well, thank you for saying that. I really, uh, when I was a child, I guess about 10, 11 years old, I already knew what I wanted to do. Uh, I knew that I was going to be on the radio. I knew that I was going to work for Walt Disney. And I knew that I was going to be the voice of cartoons. Now, with those three dreams, pretty big ones, I really didn't have any reason to dream that big because of my, my circumstances. Um, I lived inside my dad's barbershop. My dad had a little two-seat barbershop here in San Antonio, uh, Texas. And uh, it was a little, a, a small barbershop. In fact, half of the barbershop was the, half was a barbershop. The other half was a print shop. And they, they, uh, they, they, they shared that space. And we lived in half of that. And the reason we lived there was so that my mom, my dad, my little brother, myself, um, they could, so they could give us the education that they never had. And I, when I heard the radio, when I, I, in fact, I built my first radio as a Cub Scout and I would listen constantly and I had a little portable transistor and I would listen to it and imagine and dream that one day I would be on that station. I'd have it under my pillow and I'd listen to it. And my dad would give me three dimes at night and I would go into the barbershop and I'd sit on the shoeshine stand chair next to the payphone because we didn't have a, an actual phone. And so I would dial three friends 
and I would play these little recordings that I made on my portable recorder and, and record player. I would talk just like they did on the radio. And uh, so I tell people, I said, you know, I was podcasting <laughs> even before the internet. Uh, well, if you fast forward maybe 10, 11 years, I went to high school, got into radio and TV in college and uh, landed my first job in El Paso, Texas, while I was going to the University of Texas at El Paso. And Isabella, I was making a whopping $1.25 an hour. Wow. And I thought I had died and gone to heaven. I could not believe that they were paying me to have this much fun. I'm playing the Beatles, I'm playing Sonny and Cher, all this great music and having the time of my life. Well, time went on, I started getting these national awards and recognition. And within a few short years, I got the call from a radio station in San Antonio for me to come and be the program director and on the air. And that was the station that was underneath my pillow. So I tell you the power of your thoughts, the power of your dream, the power of your vision, and the gratitude along the way to me, that's that's the combination to take you to places you've only dreamed of. I just love that story for numerous reasons. And thank you for sharing with us how much as a 11 year old boy, you mimicked and mirror what you knew, what you have exposure to, right? And found your love, your true passion, your calling. And you've been in the industry ever since. That I have. is remarkable. How I did have. you really know that that is the dream? And how did you stay with that when it was hard and challenging and not deviated from it? Well, you know, there, there's so many, I, I talked to so many people in the industry in all walks of life and entertainment, and they all tell me about their childhood and how they saw what they wanted to do. And it's usually one event that kind of triggers that. With me, it was just the, the fascination of the radio. The fact that somebody could talk and come out of this speaker and be anywhere in the world was, was to me, it just blew my mind. And, um, and you know, when I, when I um, got the call to go to Los Angeles and I was on the air at a radio station in LA, um, one of the people that I wanted to meet when I got to Los Angeles was somebody who I thought had the greatest job ever. And that was Casey Kasem on American Top 40. Ooh, yes. and, he, and he had that great signature voice. Hi, this is Casey Kasem, counting down the hits in all the land. And I thought to myself, this guy is on 500 radio stations around the world. He plays the best music, tells the stories. Who could have a better job than that? In fact, when I was the program director of the station in El Paso, we would play American Top 40. And I thought, how must it be to be, be behind that iconic microphone and, and broadcast globally. Well, I got to meet him. It turns out that he listened to my show in LA. Wow. We got to be friends. And it wasn't but a few weeks later that he called me and asked if I would sit in for him when he went on vacation. And so wow. again, yeah, that vision, of I was behind that iconic microphone and I broadcasted to the 500 stations around the world on American Top 40. 
Wow, what an incredible story. And actually everybody, even if, if we're not that generation, everybody heard about these recordings and, and, and amazing, amazing voice, as you mentioned, around the world. And that is such an honor and opportunity, which also just tells uh, you did not have no limitations and, and you nope. show up and, and practice nope. and you gave yourself the best day game and no fear factors. I could tell that confidence, right. that was, I'm sure, one of the major winning components as well. I always say, what's the best that can happen? You know, so many times people fear the worst and, and even prepare for it. And in, in essence, they're actually bringing it to themselves. So I believe that the more you, you look to the, uh, to the possibilities and have no limit to those possibilities, you're more likely to uh, enjoy those things. And I'll tell you something else that happens. Yes. Once you decide, once you decide that this is what you want and it is for the good of all concerned yes. and you can see it and you are relentless in your pursuit of whatever it is every single day, people show up. And I'm sure you've got stories about those situations where and anybody listening right now would, would say the same thing. That doesn't happen by accident. But all of a sudden, these people out of you, out of the blue, you say, I can't believe you're saying this. I was going to talk to this and I was going to do that. And it's not by accident. These people are sent to you by God, by the universe um, and by the power of your own positive thinking, but also um, wanting to do good with your life and with your own personal um, endeavors and talent. I love the reflection too, and how important it is that positivity, the leadership, but also as you said, um, being so grateful, the gratitude factor. So more than ever, I feel like those are the three ingredients that are helping us through major breakthroughs right now during complexity of the current time and so much competition in essence, but again, the quality never gets overshadowed with quality, right? That's right. The quality of your thoughts. I love that. So, Sunny, I mean, you have such a beautiful, rich, not only life personally, but also obviously professionally. And you managed to beautifully intertwine that to live by your own design, by values, by your own leadership, and tremendous gratitude and positivity. But I'm sure so many listeners are eager to hear, how did you even become such an amazing voice behind in all these cool cartoons and do you mind sharing some <laughs> of those voices or oh, your favorite are, cartoon character with us please? i'll be happy to be happy to um you know i have been doing voices ever since i was a kid i, I uh, found out at a very early age that i could impersonate uh voices that i would hear on television or or on radio and um my favorite television show when i was a kid growing up was the yogi bear cartoon show and Yogi Bear had that uh, that bigger than life persona. He would say, hey, 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 I'm Yogi Bear, smarter than the average bear. And his little friend, Boo Boo, would say, Yogi, Yogi, we're going to get in trouble with the ranger. Don't worry about a thing, little Boo Boo. I got under control. So <laughs> I would do these voices. And I, I, I wanted to, to do these, the, the cartoon. I, it dawned on me one day that there was people doing those voices. So I, I started impersonating them and getting going from one to another to another. And so then when I made it to Los Angeles, an agent called me and said, 
I've heard you do those voices on your show. Have you ever thought about doing cartoon work? And I said, are you kidding? Since I was a kid. He says, well, give me a sample of your work. I'll let me see what I can do. Two weeks later, he calls me and says, okay, you've got your first job. I'll never forget driving my car into the parking lot of the Hanna Barbera Studios on Ventura Boulevard at the home of Yogi Bear and Little Boo Boo. And I was there not as an intern, not as a visitor, but I was there to do voices on the new season with the original cast of the Jetsons TV show. And I'll tell you something. I walked into the studio and when you do cartoons, everybody has a script and you're doing your part and you've got like several microphones, all everybody has their own microphone and the director sets up the scene and then you perform it. And then they take that audio and that's where they then uh, animate it and put in the, the, the artists go and, and, and make the, uh, the cartoon. Well, if you recall, George Jetson of the Jetsons worked at the Spacely Sprocket Company and his boss was Mr. Spacely. And the voice of Mr. Spacely was a man named Mel Blank, the voice of Bugs Bunny, Sylvester, Tweety, all the incredible um, cartoons, the Warner Brothers cartoons. I mean, he is the voice master of all voice masters. Well, Isabella, you go back to that thing about gratitude. He also displayed that gratitude in how kind he was to me and mentored me. Not only did he encourage me, but he taught me some of his voices. You want to hear them? Please, I would love to. And I'm okay. sure all of our listeners that are watching and listening. Yes. Okay. So here's Elmer Fudd, who's always looking for Bugs Bunny, walking around with that funny looking gun. He says, be very, very quiet. I'm looking for a little gray rabbit. And when I find him, I want to tear him apart. Whim from whim. <laughs> What's up, Doc? Have you seen a widow gray rabbit? Big eyes, yeah. Big ears, yeah. Big teeth, yeah. I ain't seen him. Ain't I a stinker? Ooh, I thought I tore a pretty cat. I did. I did tore a pretty cat. You bet you thought, pretty fat. The pretty fat was me. Wow, I'm the wildest, rootness, tootness, shootness. Yeah, shit up. There you go. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. You can't not to smile and not to be happy and not to be excited. Oh my goodness. Amazing you know, it's talent. funny, but I, 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 you, I do that when I, uh, when I speak, when I, I do my presentations and inevitably I'll, after I get off the, uh, the stage, uh, these grown men will come up to me and they could be bankers. They, it doesn't matter what they're, they're, uh, uh, what they do for a living. And we'll start doing these voices. He's like, hey, listen to this. And they'll start doing these little cartoon voices. So I love the fact that it, it brings out the child in all of us. And that is the beauty, right? When, when we go back in that happy space of childhood, of our imagination, and everything that is possible, it's such a great way to come back to and then feel like everything we can do, it's, it's possible. And we're invincible, True. right? Yeah, that's right. So this journey of cartoons. Okay, you have to tell us, which is your favorite character, by the way? Uh, my favorite character actually 
was on the Yogi Bear cartoon show. In fact, it was the first voice that I did when I was a kid. It was a little duck who would walk up to Yogi and he thought that Yogi was his mother because he didn't have a, a mother. And he would keep saying, Mr. Bear, Mr. Bear, would you be my mama? And Yogi would say, uh, get away from me. I'm not your mama. And so again, I'm a kid. I'm 10, 15, I'm 10, 11 years old. And I'm trying to do these voices and it's coming out real raspy. I'm going, Mr. Bear, Mr. Bear. And I kept trying. And my mom, God bless her, she's this tall. And she says to me, she says, Ah, mijo, parece Bugs Bunny. Que bueno. She thought, you know, it was Bugs Bunny. But I, I told her, this is a little duck. And so I kept doing it and doing it. And then finally, one day, out of my little mouth came, Mr. Bear, Mr. Bear, would you be my baba? I don't have a baba. I just pull it open. And so that became my favorite voice. And now he is my original character named Bono Duck. In oh, fact, uh, if you uh, Google Bono Duck, you'll see what he looks like and you can hear what he sounds like as well. That is amazing. So you were given these amazing cartoons characters, a powerful voice that all of us fall in love. And then from there, you're giving a tremendous voice on the national and international radio and television. And then you're getting all these amazing awards. How that trajectory helped you to be tremendously successful in any of your speaking indoors? Well, you know, I, I don't think that, uh, you know, when I wake up in the morning, I know that I've got what I've got to do. I've got, I usually lay it out the, the week, the day before, the night before. And beyond that, there's always these wonderful surprises, things that happen. I mean, you and I, you know, two months ago, we didn't know each other. Yes. And now here we are, you know, talking to people around the world. How wonderful is that? But that's all because of our good friend, our mutual friend, Joe Serio, who's yeah. just a, a great guy. And I was on his show. He was on my show. And it all just kind of goes on. Um, actually, I was on, on, a, on, a, on a friend, our mutual friend uh, show. And then he was uh, kind enough to, uh, to suggest that I be on their show. And it all works that way. We're all here to help each other. Isabella, I think that really is the key. If there is any reason that we are here, it is to help each other. And if we look to do that, we're going to find people that we can help and with sometimes very little effort. But I think it all comes back. These are all seeds that you plant. And then one day you walk out and you have this garden of beautiful flowers and you wonder where it came from. And it all came from all these wonderful things that not only you did for others, but also these dreams that you planted and, uh, and, and gave to, um, to the universe and said, you know, please help me. That is beautiful too. And you spot on when we're, when we're finding caliber of individuals that we identify with, right? So it's easy to extend and widen in that circle, but also as you pointed out to serve serving leadership, serving attitude and approach because all of us have a different skill sets and your skill sets are setting the bar. I keep hearing on so many levels that uh, a lot of people that wanted to do what you're doing or just admire that. It's like what it takes to really be successful like you are, Sonny. Because you're not only obviously TEDx motivational keynote speaker, you're also a very well-known broadcaster. 
and also media consultant for everyone out there that wanted to learn from the best. But more than anything, obviously, yes, you're approachable. You are also able to take a complex things in such a simple ways and forms. And, and it's just so beautiful also to see how philanthropic and giving you are. So from all these amazing awards, what is your, one of your favorites and why? Well, one of my, my most proudest moments as, as far as a project is concerned, and again, things happen not only for a reason, but when you least expect them. But you have to recognize them. I always say that you know, uh, opportunity knocks, sometimes it taps on your window and sometimes you don't even see it because it drives down the front of your house and you've got to go out and flag it down. <clears throat> Excuse me. By that, I mean, you have to go out and literally do something about that opportunity. When I was on the air in Los Angeles, uh, I had a, an afternoon show and I woke up one morning, it was in 1985. And uh, the number one song around the world was We Are the World. And I woke up and I heard a child singing, We Are the World, We Are the Children. And in my groggy state, I thought to myself, oh, what a great idea. Children singing, We Are the World. Why didn't I think of that? Then, as I continued to listen, I realized that I was actually listening to the actual original recording and the child I thought was singing was Michael Jackson. So with that wonderful gift, that little idea, I went on the air that afternoon and I shared with all of my listeners, uh, many of whom were kids, and said, especially the parents, uh, what would you think about having a children's version of We Are the World? Would anyone be interested in doing that? And then we could record it and from the recording, the proceeds would go to USA for Africa. Well, Isabella, it took off like you wouldn't believe. You can imagine Southern California, all these kids. We auditioned over 1,600 kids. And in doing so, we applauded every single audition. We stand, stood up and gave them a, a round of applause. We gave them a T-shirt, gave them a certificate. And we were going to choose 50, which we did. And... I kept thinking about the other several hundred that didn't make it. And I wanted them to be a part of it as well. So we go into the studio, we record the, uh, the, the, the we got uh, George Duke, who uh, was an, a, um, a uh, Grammy award-winning producer. He uh, took time out and he produced it, but he produced it so that there were different children's ages we had the little five and six-year-olds, and then we had the, the preteens, and we had the teens, and it was just beautifully done. And then we thought, let's do a video, not only of them singing in the studio, but let's have the second half of the video at Griffith Park in LA. And let's have all the kids who auditioned come and be a part of that. And mm -hmm. so they did. And by the way, you know, everything was volunteer. Everything was donated. We had, you know, uh, all this equipment we had you know, cameras and just, I mean, it would have cost us probably back then a quarter of a million dollars to have done that, but it was all donated. And indeed, we finally ended up with the children's version of We Are the World and the proceeds went to uh, USA for Africa. And then by that time, I was on, I had a television show on the Disney Channel and I 
um, ended up coming to San Antonio on a national tour. And the station here where I'd grown up uh, in, in, uh, in San Antonio uh, made me an offer I couldn't refuse. So I moved to San Antonio with my wife and uh, in doing so found out that our song, We Are the World by the Children of the World had been nominated for a Grammy. Uh, and that all because of that little thing that woke up when I woke up saying, oh, why didn't I think of that children's version of We Are the World? And it just go blossom from that. See, people want to help when you have a good cause, when you have something that you truly believe in, it's 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 unstoppable. And all you have to do is get one other person excited and another and another and another. And then pretty soon everyone is giving everything to it and everyone can be proud of the of the result i love how everything consistently trickles in all aspects of the life right but as you said taking idea running with that believing in it because you know you want to do greater good and how inclusive you were for those children even they were not in the, the top 50 but still including all of them because for children it's all about to be included right to be part yeah. of it and created that tremendous opportunity. I'm sure penetrated in their minds for the rest oh, of their life. Yeah. And we that even, is, go ahead. No, we, we even had a 25 year reunion and we had a lot of those kids come and every one of them told me that they were either still in the business or they were uh, in some kind of professional having to do with, with children. And you know, wow. back then we were doing a, a 45 record that we had a flip side. So we had to have another song on the other side. So there was a song called Care for Kids that I had heard uh, from these uh, Australian, Australian songwriters. And so I wanted to record that. And George Strait, uh, George Strait, uh, George uh, Duke suggested that I do the intro with one of the kids. So I did. We sang this this little intro together, and then all the kids joined in and care for kids. It was just a, a beautiful song. Well, the little girl that I sang with, her name was Stacy Ferguson, now known as Fergie of the Black Eyed Peas. Mm -hmm. So oh little did I know that I was the to do the, I was going to be doing the the first duet with Fergie. <laughs> wow how amazing so guys for that you're watching and listening look at what the power again of of creating opportunities for others can create and how this leads and 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 helps others really to live the legacy already that sunny set it up for it and created a stage that's going to be timeless and endless um, but it's beauty that he created it in the real time so that they can live it um, by leading with it. And that is epic. Um, Sonny, I mean, goodness, I just love your heart. I love what you stand for. I love, obviously, all of your awards. But then when you see someone being awarded by Inc. Magazine for Social Responsible Entrepreneur of the Year, Marketing Philanthropist, uh, philanthropist of lifetime uh, for a, a lifetime award achievements, obviously. When you start looking a little bit more on that, you, you didn't stop there. You continued. You served tremendously, not only community in San Antonio and Texas, but across the United States, but also internationally. Could you well, tell us a bit about that award? And could you tell us what are you doing so that you're constantly creating this bigger and greater positive ripple effect? 
I, I truly believe that, you know, we talk about random acts of kindness, that every one of us has the ability to show kindness to someone. And it's not, not just, the, you know, uh, doing grandiose um, projects. It's just being kind to, to people that come across your path every single day. And I think that uh, we don't realize what power we have. You know, there are three people who are affected uh, with an act of kindness. The person who receives it, the person who gives it, and the person who is watching it. And that person may not have been there physically. They may have heard about it. And when you hear about something, it inspires you. And they say that one act of kindness, one simple random act of kindness touches on average at least 50 people with all who hear about it, who watch it, who see it, who are involved, and, and it goes on from there. And so I, I truly believe that, uh, that wherever you are, you have the ability to not only change the world, but to gift the world with your wonderful kindness and the way that you see other people and the way that you see what is going on inside people. You know, my favorite quote, Isabella, was said by a uh, philosopher who lived in the first century. His name was Philo of And Alexandria. Mm -hmm. And what he said could have been said by anyone today. And it's still relevant. He said, be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a great battle. And isn't that true? You know, you can be in an elevator, you could be at a stoplight, and the person in the next car could be going through who knows what in their life. So why wouldn't we be kind to each other? For every one of us, some way or another, at some time or another, is fighting a great battle. I can't agree more, specifically in current times when we have so much of concerns and global shifts and changes, that rings more than ever sure. So thank you for highlighting that. Thank but you. But I also wanted to share, uh, when somebody is also coming from the place like you are coming, magic happens. I mean, I love the fact, I love rock and roll music, but to be rock and roll hall of fame, oh my goodness. <laughs> so please, I mean, besides changing the wars, being in Disney cartoons, and then being amazing master of ceremony in EMC and great, phenomenal sought after speaker. Okay, tell us how this came about. Well, the, um, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame decided they were going to have a special exhibit called Dedicated to the One I Love. And if you go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland, Ohio, you'll see it. And uh, they, they wanted to put in 100 radio personalities that uh, epitomized radio all throughout the years. And I was honored, greatly honored to be among some of the greatest voices of all time, including Casey Kasem and so many other uh, pioneers in radio. And, uh, you know, I, I really believe that Whenever we do what we do, if we give it all our, everything within us, if we give it all our all and we do our best, uh, it's something that we can be proud of. And that's what I love about radio, especially podcasting. 
I mean, this podcast here can virtually live forever. Yes. And that's what's so wonderful about the work we do and how it is we do it. Who would have known when I was a kid growing up that there would be this thing called the internet, which when it happened, I believed that it was, it was uh, invented for me because there, there wasn't anything I, I couldn't do. I, I couldn't get enough of it. And to this day, um, you know, I, I take advantage of just so many platforms, so many different ways to inspire. And I think that we can use our tools, we can use these vehicles for good or not. It's, the, it's our choice, just as it is our choice as to what it is we want to think about others, about the world, and especially about ourselves. Mm, that is so rich and beautiful. And, and I can't agree more because I, you can tell how much you take in pride and responsibility also, not only for your actions, but how you show up. And to have someone to have decades and decades of work and showing up always in that best light with, with the best attitude, obviously produces these tremendous results. Um, but for someone who also has been on 100 top broadcast list of all time, and that is one of the biggest achievements. I mean, because we have it specifically in this day and age, insane competition and so much saturation. Uh, yet, as I've mentioned earlier, quality over quantity. So what would you suggest for all of those people that are using their voice in well, the Western world? First of all, know that it's your heart that people want to hear, mm. not just your voice. Your voice is, is a vehicle, but it is your heart that gives the true meaning of communication, heart-to-heart -heart communication. And you have an incredible opportunity, especially if you're a young person growing up and having all these wonderful uh, parts of, of the internet, social media, create your own podcast, you know, you can go on the air with your phone anytime and, and, and have a, a TV show, you know, there's no difference. But I think that what you want to do is to make sure that you are doing it not only for good, but also something that you can be proud of, because it's real easy to, uh, to grow a weed, you know, weeds don't need to be watered, they'll just grow. But flowers, they take time. So if you are thoughtful about what it is you want to do and you do it with great pride, it has a much more lasting um, uh, uh, quality to it. But also the other part of it is to do it with great enthusiasm. You know, the word enthusiasm yeah, comes from the Greek entheus, in spirit, the spirit within. So when you're enthusiastic, you are letting that spirit come out. And uh, there's, a, there's a great saying by Dale Carnegie, who said, if you want to be enthusiastic, act enthusiastic. Because sometimes you're not, you know, you're not crazy about what it is you have to do or want to do or whatever. And um, you want to, you can either uh, be against it and not want to do it, or you can be enthusiastic about it. And then pretty soon that enthusiasm becomes a drug. And yeah. And it's incredible because you get to a high that you don't want to be, you don't want to go back to the dark side. You want to stay here with this enthusiasm for life. 
And um, I truly believe that so many people have it in them and they're just this close to getting there. And that's kind of where I fit in. I, I try to get people from where they are and light their candle if it has been uh, extinguished along the way. Wow, what a profound wisdom. That is so beautiful. Um, but I can't agree more. Positivity, enthusiasm, it sets you up for success every single day, right? To maximize the day, how much not only you accomplish, but how much joy and enjoyment you're going to have. And as a result, how much that is going to impact others around you. It's and true. I think, it's and true. I think it's a very great ingredient and key to success, isn't it? It is. And, you know, and it's especially a responsibility if you have children in your life, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, yeah. your children, they're always watching. We, we assume that because it doesn't apply to them, that they're not listening. And then all of a sudden they say something and you realize, where did they get that from? And it's from, from watching us. And I believe that that is really the, the greatest example we can set is for our children. Because one day, and even if they go through the teenage years, Isabella, and they're rebellious, and you feel like, oh my gosh, I can't believe, I, I, I've had it. And you can't give up on them. You've got to know that whatever it is will kick in, especially if you have given them that love, that nurturing, that support, that encouragement all their lives. And then one day, they surprise you. And all of a sudden, they become you. And you are so amazed, so proud, and so glad that you didn't give up. I love that, but you're spot on. Everybody's modeling the leaders at the top, right? So when we see who is getting recognized, who is getting rewarded for what and why and how, uh, others try to mirror and others try to uh, follow the path, right? So what are we mirroring and who are we mirroring and why? Is it just about a word or is it about quality and intention to produce that award? And with that in mind, you have to tell us, what is one of your most favorite awards uh, that you've been given that surprised you and also something that really powerful came out of it that created even more cerebral effect? Well, I'll tell you, it happened um, in um, 1997. My wife, um, I came home one day uh, and had a, a morning show, a radio morning show here in San Antonio. And um, as I said, I've been to hundreds of schools and, and done so much for, for children. And my wife said, uh, the city of San Antonio has a surprise for you. And you're going to be very pleased. And I said, well, what is this? Said, I'm sorry, I can't tell you. And she wouldn't tell me. So there was this big, this big dinner. It was, it was, it was like an awards dinner. It was a, uh, a tribute dinner. And they culminated the evening by announcing that they were renaming a community center deep in the west side, which is the poor side of San Antonio, and making it, putting it in my name calling it the Sonny Melendres Community Center. And wow. they also uh, had uh, approved a, a million dollar bond to bring it up to speed. It was just an under air conditioned gym. And they added a whole, um, a, 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 what do you call it? Um, arts and crafts center. 
they air conditioned it, they redid the park. It's just beautiful. And I have in the in the course of the last 20 plus years brought close to $300,000 in money, goods and services to the uh, the uh, the center and the kids who live in that area, that's that's their their oasis. And so we have done things like bicycles and and Christmas gifts. We do uh, Thanksgiving dinners for families uh, and, and Christmas time and Thanksgiving uh, one year. And again, this is how it, th it happens. Yeah. I got a call from a, a salon, a hair salon in San Antonio saying, we'd like to uh, give some free haircuts to these kids because school was going to be starting soon. And they said, we'll bring our chair down to the community center. And I said, that, that's great. And I'm talking to them on the radio. Then another salon calls and another salon. We had 27 salons all bring chairs and we turned the gym into a giant salon. And from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. on the Sunday before the Monday school start of school, they cut 100, 1,000 kids heads of hair. And Isabella, it was unbelievable because these kids had never had a professional haircut. And in fact, most of them had their hair cut by their, their parents. They walked in and they were just kind of, you know, walking in saying, okay, I'll, I'll get a haircut. But then when they saw themselves with this incredible, they looked like the kids on TV. They mm -hmm. walked out with big smiles and their self-esteem just came right up. And that's one of the wonderful gifts that I get to do in connecting the haves with the have nots. And we've done so many wonderful um, projects at the community center. And these kids, uh, and many times they grow up and then they come back to volunteer themselves. What a beautiful way to bring community together. What a beautiful way to do some, as you said, what you have and what you don't, emerge those and find a solution, but be the conduit of all of that. Uh, I'm, I'm just, as a former educator, as you said, as you know, I once an educator, always educator, yeah. makes my heart melt because um, takes away those barriers. And as you pointed out, brings that amazing confidence and self-esteem, but also that you're not set apart because parents don't have a money or you don't have equal opportunity. All of you now blend in and all of you are equal and the same, right? And that, that is where the beauty in all, all, all of that is. So again, everybody watching and listening, you have a tremendous opportunity to do initiatives like this. They're going to create a great ripple effect. And I just love, again, nothing great that happens without support from another and using our own skills, right? Well said. And Isabella, you are the epitome of that uh, in, uh, in getting to know you and, and learning about your background and what it is you've done and what it is you continue to do. And you and I are going to be working on a project to help the people of Ukraine, and you're involved with the Ukraine now. Uh, it is just, uh, it's wonderful. And it's, I think that it's no, it's no accident that we found each other. Yeah. And it's no accident that we're here talking as we are about uh, not only our philosophy, but also to hopefully inspire someone listening to do something and know that you are never, ever without the ability to help someone, no matter where you are, and no matter what your 
your financial situation may be. I had a, uh, a lady who was my number one listener in Los Angeles, and I would go on the air um, on my late night show back then, and she would always be the first listener to call. Her name was Mildred Cornsweet, and she lived in downtown Los Angeles in a little tiny apartment, and uh, come to find out that she had been a big opera singer. And whenever Beverly Sills, who was the big opera singer at the time, would come to, to, uh, to sing at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion, she would send a car uh, to Mildred and, and, and bring her to the, uh, um, to the center. But she would always call and, and, and say, I'm listening. But the other part of it was that whenever we had any kind of a fundraiser on the air, we would do the Danny Thomas uh, fundraisers and all kinds of other things on the radio, she would always be the first person to call in and donate $5. And that $5, that donation, that giving to me uh, was just as angelic as anyone who is doing anything else that helped a project like that. And, and I'll, I'll tell you something else. I think that we are given a special heart when we are born. Kids are not babies are not born uh, with a with a mean demeanor. Uh, they may be fussy or whatever, but they learn their environment. They learn to be who they are. And some kids don't have the um, you know the good fortune of having great parents and having a, a support system, and they kind of have to figure it out on their own. And that's where the other that's where we can all come in and help them whenever we recognize someone who is in that, in that position, and they may already be grown adults, but it's okay. It goes back to that. We are all here to help each other. I can't agree more. And again, I'm super excited for your generosity on time and skills and amazing voice again to do greater good in time of needs. And as you mentioned earlier, to join the forces, to create an impact, to help our fellow um, citizens of the world uh, that are struggling, that they need the most help at the moment, and then also to create the ripple effect and see and show what's possible, right? That's right. Um, right now to uh, everything else yet to come and yet to unfold. But with everything you've been doing, obviously, you have been living and leading your tremendous legacy. You already established so much that so many people cannot ever do in their lifetime. And, and the game is not over. You're still fully committed in playing in it. So what is left in your bucket list? And what would you really like to be? You really want to know? For? Please. You really want to know? Okay. Yes. Just as I, when I was a kid and I would say, one day I'm going to be on the radio. Yes. And you would, if you were a stranger, you'd look at me and say, oh, yeah, sure you are, Sonny. You can do it. Um, yes. I have always dreamed of broadcasting from space. Wow. I envision it. I see myself in the space capsule. I see myself looking down to earth and I see myself being filled with words that I could only say from that vantage point. And that is, that is my dream. Wow, Sonny. I mean, with that personality, with attitude, with value work you're already doing and putting that in the universe, 
I'm sure you will be the first one to accomplish that from the from the standpoint from broadcasting and, and works that you've already been doing for decades and leading with. So we can't wait to see you giving us <laughs> full broadcast from the space. You heard it here first. There you go. <laughs> Fantastic. And, and with that note, obviously, what would you like to be remembered for? Because right now, generations and generations of listeners, but also people in community that benefit from your vision and execution and opportunity to really bring everything together. What would from everything you already did and wanted to do, what will be the greatest thing for you? Well, I think that, you know, we can all hope to be remembered for um, the good we did and for the kindness that we've shown to other people, but also for the way that we looked at the world and hopefully inspired others to look at the world in the same childlike way. Yeah. You know, the best advice I ever received ever uh, was someone who said to me, don't take yourself too seriously. Mm. We tend to believe that we are what we do, whatever our profession is, whatever rank we hold in, you know, where we are on the totem pole of success. And that's really not the criteria. The criteria is is how kind we are to others and how others are blessed by having met us, by having um, received our kindness, even if it's just a kind word. And I would want to be remembered for somebody who was kind, who was childlike, and who never stopped dreaming. Mm. I love that. This is one by far. Uh, legacies that I heard and uh, they range in all kinds of different direction but this is tremendous because speaks so much directly to me you don't have no idea and I'm just super excited to see um, someone who've accomplished so much that is preserving those three elements in everything he does. likewise Isabella likewise so Sonny, we're getting close to close of our great conversation today on the first appearance of Legacy Leader Show, which we're beyond thrilled to have you. For so anyone that really wants to get to know you more, but also learn about your work and a consultation and opportunity to uh, understand how this industry work and how all of those amazing things you are accomplishing make magic happen, where they can go and find you. Uh, very simple. Just uh, go to SonnyMelendrez.com. Melendrez is M-E-L-E-N-D-R-E-Z. Or you can just, uh, if you Google intentional enthusiasm, you'll see my TEDx talk and you'll also uh, uh, get um, all my links uh, as well. And then I ha also have a, uh, a podcast, the Sonny Melendrez Show, and the podcast website is sunnyradio.com, S-O-N-N-Y-R-A-D-I-O.com. And there you can hear all these wonderful uh, people. And it's really the, the, the crossroads of entertainment and inspiration. And I'd like to, I was going to do this informally once we got through here, but I'd like to do it formally on this podcast. And that is to invite you, Isabella, to be a guest on my show. If you would be, if you honor me. I will be honored, actually, it will be on my honor uh, to be absolutely. So yes, you have a big 
thought, yes. Yeah, there you go. We could, we'll continue the party. <laughs> yes, and we're definitely going to bring you back and we'll be doing some lives and we'll be experimenting with some amazing messages. So guys, stay tuned because this guy is so amazing and we can't just get enough. So we're going to definitely find a ways to bring him and expose to amazing dialogue and conversations. So please stay tuned. And in Thank closing, you. Sonny, one piece of advice, something from all of those decades of hard work and amazing accomplishments and daring to dream and grow bigger and go uncharted territories and blaze the path. Uh, I will tell you that think? there is a, I'm sorry, there's a great power in, um, in living for the moment. It is the hardest thing to do. Living for the moment is almost as hard as meditating. There's so many people who say they can't meditate because they can't shut off their mind. And yet you can. Everyone can, they just don't know how. But living for the moment means not letting the thoughts of the future, and that could be the next five minutes, the next week, the next hour, all these things that we have. You know, they say that we we have up to 60,000 thoughts a day. And the sad part of it is that 90% of them are thoughts that we had yesterday. Yes. And so if you're constantly filling your bucket with all these different things that you're regurgitating, there aren't any, there's no room for the good stuff to come in and for new stuff to come in. So if you live in the moment, all of a sudden you get to smell the roses. You get to see the flowers in your garden. You get to see the faces of those you love. If your, 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 your little child, your little boy, your son or, or your daughter come up to you and they say something to you and you're reading something or maybe you're on your phone, put it down and give them the same courtesy you would give um, your boss and give them the attention because one day, one day they will do it for their child. And I think that is the greatest gift we can give is to give others our complete attention and give our life that attention that it deserves to have because it's always now. There is no future. There is no past. We can think about it both ways, but it's always now. So why wouldn't we enjoy what we have right now, this very moment, and be grateful for everything in our lives? Mm, what a powerful closing and wonderful message for everyone listening right now. Embrace this powerful message, bathe in it, and, and just enjoy. And we'll look forward to again uh, to hear more of your great wisdoms and accomplishments and opportunity to learn from. So thank you so much, Sonny, for being on Legacy Leadership. My pleasure. Thank you, Isabella. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Legacy Leader Show. If you enjoyed the content and had a positive experience, then please leave us a positive rating. In addition, leave us positive review whenever you are listening on whatever platform there might be. Make sure your friends and family also know about the benefit and value that we provide and what we have to offer. Cheers.